Okay, good morning, everybody. I hope everybody is well. Happy Tuesday for those that are here live. For those that are here any day that you're here, thanks so much for being here. We are, for those who are in the Northeast, we are in day two of our snowstorm. The snow has stopped, but the impact is still here. And so for those of you who may be home again today, don't fight it. Don't fight it. Align to it. Align to the world around you. It's one of the hardest things in the world. We love asserting our control as to what the world's going to look like. God runs this world. I had one of my favorite moments yesterday. I'll share with you and then we'll get back to our stuff. I have the honor of praying in a synagogue. And I have the honor of praying in a synagogue. And usually, you know, you go and it becomes like a normal routine. And always during these periods of time, I get so inspired when I when it snows or there's some kind of huge impediment to going and I push myself to go and I feel like it's just going to be me alone. Who's going to come to the synagogue at five o'clock on a snowstorm? And I walk in and I see the place is packed. I look around and I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. It's one thing to do something when it's easy. It's the next thing to do something when it's really hard. It's a good lesson in life that sometimes when there's a roadblock, it's in those moments that you connect deeper to the things that you've always done. But now the relationship to those things are even stronger. So we've been talking a lot about this concept of values. Yesterday we ended off on this exercise called the eulogy. And the reason why we use a eulogy is because what blocks us mentally from tapping into our values is the anticipation of life. We anticipate that we're going to have to do this and that. We anticipate we're going to have to pay the bills. We anticipate that we're going to have to live with our friends and our communities. We anticipate that we're going to have to either let someone down or impress somebody. So the usual aspects of life is anticipated and gets in the way of us saying, what I really want to be remembered for is X. Yeah, I can have a value, but like, I got to get through my day. I got to achieve my goal. I have to, you know, get this thing. I have people around me. They're going to think it's weird. I don't know if I'm actually be able to do that. Remember we spoke with this a couple of days ago. It's, sometimes harder it's sometimes it's harder to live your values it's sometimes easier to die for your values than to live for your values because that activity doesn't make you live with it from now on this the single big moment is massive but the small constant moment sometimes can be a lot harder in moments of crisis we all step up because it's a moment of crisis. Yes, it 
orients us, but also it orients us, but also we in our brains go, this is your moment. But if every single day is a crisis, at some point you stop stepping up. It's hard to keep it consistently. So when you think about living a life of values, what will take place in your brain without even realizing it is the world, is your life, is the distance you have to go to live your values. And as you think about it, forget about it. As you think, it happens so many times to people. As they think about making changes in their lives, their brain is so quick. It's already like, well, what's that person who I'm going to see in six months going to say? And then I have this thing that I have in two months from now. And if I do this thing, when I see that person in two months, it's going to look weird. You know what? I just won't do it. It's amazing. I don't know if you disagree with me or not. Do you agree with me? Like, do, do you have this or just me? It's amazing how you're making connections on so many places. Why you shouldn't be doing something. You ever have this? Like it's a holiday coming up in like two months and you're like, should I diet now? I don't know. Well, I'm going to be dieting and then it's the holiday and then I'm going to offend my mom who's cooking. You know what? Let's wait for the holiday. But the holiday's in two months. Yeah, but I'll just wait for it. You know, let's just, how did you connect eating in someone else? But, but I'm traveling in six months from now. And if I start traveling, then if I travel here, then I really can't do the thing. So if I keep a, if I every day have to do this thing, but then I have to go on the road for a week, it's going to, I'll just. You ever have that? That's called life. Your brain is constantly coming up with things that will be uncomfortable for you if you engage in change. What's he going to say? What's she going to say? How's it going to affect me getting a job? How's it going to affect me in the future? That's the beautiful thing about a eulogy. You don't got to worry about that anymore. That's why the eulogy exercise is so powerful. You don't got to have to worry about that. It's your eulogy. You're like, I don't got to worry about paying the bills. That's just, you checked out. And when you check out, now you don't got that part of your brain going crazy. Now you can get the truth. Now you can get the truth. What did I want to what did I want to stand for in my life? What did I want to live? What do I, what do I want to be remembered for? What you want to be remembered for really are the themes of every aspect of your life. Because life provides details, but the details have to fit into some narrative. We did the research here, I remember, about memory being really just narrative but that's what you're giving over to the people around you that's what you give people narrative that's what you hand to your loved ones you hand them a narrative that they hold on to and they use to make life make sense you give them a narrative of hope or a narrative of despair. I know people who have the narrative of, of really of, of, of anticipated failure. The inability to challenge themselves. 
They were given that. They were given it by their by their parents. The narrative of it is not fair. The narrative of no good deed goes unpunished. The narrative of don't be vulnerable because you'll be taken advantage of. You get that narrative from people and they live it for the rest of their lives. And they see the world through the narrative. That's how they conduct their life. Through a principle that was given to them by someone else. And it's so embedded in their in their in their brains that they can't extract that. They don't they think it's them. They don't realize that when they overheard mom and dad talking in the minivan, when they overheard mom talking on the phone to her friend in the kitchen, when they overheard the teacher, when they when they overheard their life, they were forming in their heads narratives. And sometimes those narratives cause tremendous agony. There are people that are living lives that are externally religious lives, but internally all the principles of religion aren't flowing. And they're in tremendous conflict because externally their parents were very religious people, but internally behind the closed doors, their actions, their narrative, their belief systems were were broken. And now they have multiple narratives in the same they, they're, they're, it's a disaster. It's overcomable. That's what we give people, narratives. That's what the eulogy is. It's a narrative. You ever listen to a eulogy? It's a narrative. Good ones, right? There are eulogies that are, I told you some eulogies that I've heard. I don't know if you've spoken about this. Holy cow. Cringing. I remember one time going to see a, to a funeral and the guy got up and said, his dad cared about three things, shrimp, the Yankees and avoiding his mom. And I was like, ha 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 and laughed. And then, and like, that was it. Like he just gave examples of each and sat down. I was like, holy cow. narratives that's probably what he got from his dad how good shrimp tastes he's a jewish guy but i'm not judging who am i to judge anyone how great the yankees are yankees are great and how best to avoid his mother who he was married to for his whole life by the way i've been to funerals where the narratives have been unbelievable unbelievable We walked out and we said, and we said, we, didn't, we never met. I was so inspired. The narrative of being a giver, the narrative of overcoming challenge, the narrative of faith. These were these principles that these people lived with. They were regular, normal people. And you never knew it until the eulogy. And the kids never knew it until they had to ex- express it. That was even greater that the eulogizer never really never understood it until he or she was left having to articulate something and then finding it. And even in the speech, they don't, they weren't saying the, they weren't using these terms, but if you look for it, you see it. 
narratives. That's how we're living our lives. And if you're living your life in a way that is contrary to the narrative that you want to live your life by, guess when you should get started? No better day like right now. A good friend of mine did this with me. I've got a good friend. I don't want to say his name. He gave him permission. I wish he did, though. We did this exercise, the eulogy exercise, with a, bunch, with a bunch of my guys from the Momentum Trips years ago. We did a summer four-part series before the book came out. It was like I was testing it on the, these guys, great guys, Brooklyn and Long Island. I hope some of the guys are on. Four parts. And in part two, if you, if you read the book, you see, by the way, whoever, whoever wants the workbook where, where I have the eulogy exercise laid out, uh, just email me, charlie at charlieharari.com, and I'll send it to you. The workbook of the book with the um, with the work with the eulogy exercise. So you don't have to, you know, you can just do it, you know, you fill it out. Yeah, if you could do it with somebody, oh my gosh, holy cow, Deb, holy mackerel. So a good friend of mine, a good friend of mine, he was there, successful guy, amazing. And he did it. He came back and he spoke to the group. It was unbelievable. He said one of the things he always thought he had was patience. And he realized that he doesn't. He doesn't have any patience. His life wound him up so tightly that he doesn't have the patience that he wants to be remembered for. And he's literally changing parts of his life. And he never saw it before because... He, he always assumed that he would get to it-ish. You don't get to your narrative. You don't get to your principles. They are the source of everything that you're doing. But as soon as you see it, now it makes sense. If you see the values that you want to be known for, and I mean, I don't mean known like the world has to write a book about you known. I mean known like you know it. Even if it's in you and your creator. You get to the, whatever the end is and have a moment where you look back and go, I did it. I did it. I lived with the values that I always wanted to live with. I exemplified the principles. I had good days and bad days. I failed more than I succeeded, but I, I fought for it. I fought for it. I'm sure as hard as it is to lose Super Bowl, which one team will do in, two week, in a week and a half from now, there's a certain feeling you get when you get on the bus after the game and know you gave it your all. The only thing worse than failure is not trying. So even if you fail a million times, but you're, you're in the direction of your values, that's so much greater. It's so much greater than just when we like sort of like, you know, feel our way around life, you know, good days, bad days, not really sure. 
It's like we're sitting in a dark room looking for a light switch, not really knowing where it is. Oh, this felt really good. Oh, I feel terrible today. Oh, is this really what I should do? Or, and you're just feeling and hoping when you get a light switch on, you're like, oh. Versus waking up in the morning and knowing what you stand for. It's looking at a challenge in the eyes and saying, I hope I get through you because if I do it, it'll be the exemplification of who I am. And whether you do or you don't, you're fighting the game you should be fighting. You know that feeling? That's what it feels like. I know what my principles, and by the way, you may upgrade them in a year from now. Who cares? Life's a journey for right now, today. What I want to be remembered for is this and this and this. And I wake up in my morning and I get thrown curveballs. And as the curveball comes, I say to myself, this is what I'm pl- this is the game I'm playing. If I want to be known for always being happy and I wake up in the morning and I open my door and there's a foot of snow and half of my day gets canceled and I, my brain says, this is terrible, 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 terrible. And there's people around me and there's me in front of me, if you will. And I say, this is what I'm here for. This is the battle of happiness. It's not hard to be happy on a beach. It's hard to be happy in a snowstorm. Now you know what you're fighting for. Even if you're, even if you fail, you know the game. I'm up against the challenge that's making me feel down. I am a person that brings positivity into this world. Fight, fight. I need to muster up my army. I need to figure out what I got to do. I got to find something in my head that brings me happiness. I need to see the goodness in the situation. I need to take a break or get away from people. I need to just go listen to music because it it changes my mind. I got to do something, but I'm not losing the battle of happiness today. You see the clarity? That's what I stand for. And when you know what you stand for, when you go up in the world and the world throws you challenges that are going to be against your principles, because I got to tell you something, each person is on this earth for different reasons. And so what you stand for and what I stand for may be somewhat similar, maybe very different. And so the challenges that you face may very well be the actual things that are going to go against your core values because God wants you to sharpen yourself. It's not fun to watch a golfer take the snap in the quarterback position because he's a golfer. He's playing the wrong game. I'm not interested in whether or not Tiger Woods could run through a line. It doesn't matter to me. But I'd like to see Saquon Barkley do it once if he could possibly get three games without getting injured because he's a running back. Play the game you're meant to play. Me and you have separate games. Every human being has a separate game. Each of us have to determine what the game we're playing in. The game isn't like some accomplishment that we're going to have. The goal in life isn't whether or not like I become like a lawyer one day. It's wonderful to be a lawyer. It's wonderful to be a doctor or an Indian chief or a mom or a dad or a nurse. I don't care. It's not, that's not who I am. Who I am are my values, my principles the narratives that I bring into this world, the narratives that God put me on this earth to exemplify. 
And when I go up against the world that throws me curveballs against my narratives and I fight, even if I lose, I'm taking an inch against the enemy and I'm exemplary. I'm sharpening. Okay, we got to talk about this. This is so much more. I'm seeing over here that there's, I'm seeing over here that Dina is getting married today. Is that right? Did I read that correctly? It's, did, am I reading that right? Oh man. Dina's getting married to everybody. Congratulations, Mazel Tov. May you have a life filled, filled with health and happiness and blessing and only good things. This is our first daily boost wedding that's taking place right now. I don't know of another time that we had a bride on the show on the day of her. Is that, is that real? We have a bride on the show on the day of her wedding. Is this, I just I'm trying to put these all together. Wow. We're honored. Mazel tov. Dina Mazel tov. So honored to have you on here. With zeal, two of you should have a, you should build a bias in MMB. So you should have a house filled with warmth and greatness and principles. The Navy's, the zeal team is getting married. All right, everybody. Dina, congratulations. Mazel tov. Okay, we'll continue this tomorrow. We got to talk about this narrative stuff. And we're not done yet. We're not done yet. With God's help tomorrow. All right, everybody. Have an amazing day. Mazel tov, Dina. Have a great day, everybody. Wherever you are. Align with the world. Identify your principles. If you want the workbook, you can email me uh, or Andy. Um, and uh, with God's help, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Mazda Vina.